Aloha and welcome to the sacred. Thank you for taking the time to do something for yourself today. You are entering a space that is here to help shed our old stories, to heal our hearts, to hold space and love each other, and to help create the world and life that we all dream of. Let us thank our ancestors and our children's children, those who have walked before and are yet to come, our Mother Earth, Father Sun, Grandmother Moon, the Star Nations and Great Spirit, the Unnameable One, thank you for bringing us together and allowing us to sing the Song of Life. Please sit down, relax and enjoy yourself and thank you for listening to this podcast. Hey and welcome to The Sacred. For those of you that have never listened to The Sacred's podcast, my name is Emma and I am your host of The Sacred. What I love to do every week before we come into the podcast is to come in with our breath. So if it is safe for you to do so, if you are not driving, I would love for you to close your eyes and we're going to take in three deep breaths, in through our nose and out through our mouth. Our breath enables us to connect with life to connect to the moment that we are in. So if you could just take a deep breath in through your nose and out and again and out and again and out. Beautiful. I'm recording this week's podcast on the Virgo full moon. Um, so we have had the biggest supermoon of the year hit our skies. It is currently in our skies at the moment here in Australia and um, just incredible. Like the moon is just beautiful at the moment. The Virgo full moon for me has been very gentle um, and is really helping me clear old thought patterns and old stories that I've had going around in my head. So really just bringing those kind of things up for me um, and so thankful, so grateful. I have the absolute pleasure of having Mackenzie Marsloff on this week's podcast. She is the founder of Delighted by Hummus um, and Cacao Ceremonial Drinking Chocolate. So if you haven't tried Ceremonial Cacao, I really encourage you to go and purchase um, some cacao ceremonial drinking chocolate. It is the highest form of cacao that I've ever had. Um, it brings me to places of creativity and love and joy like no other. Um, so I really encourage you. And if you already have some of that at home, I'd love for you to grab yourself a cup and sit with this while you listen to what Mackenzie and I have to bring for you for this week. This is only part one of our conversation. We are connecting again to talk conscious entrepreneurship later on um, in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, enjoy. So on this week's podcast, I feel so, so grateful and so heart-opened to introduce the beautiful Mackenzie 
she is the creator, I guess that's what you could call it. She bought in um, flying drinking cow and dessert hummus and lots of little things along the way, but she's doing amazing things at the moment in the world. And I'm so, so, so excited to have you on. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm very honored to be here. So I can't wait to just dive into the conversation and serve your beautiful community. Beautiful. I had the pleasure of meeting you a few months ago when you were here in Australia at a cacao ceremony on the sunny coast, um, held by two other amazing, beautiful people, the Lighthood community. And I feel like that was a life-changing experience for me. Um, Having I had done a little bit of ceremonial cacao before, but nothing in that, I guess, complexity of it. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. (laughs) Um, Sure. But being, since then, I've had been doing a few circles for myself on the Sunshine Coast. And I have a lot of people that are constantly asking me about ceremonial cacao and the difference between it and normal cacao um, and I guess a little bit more information about the medicine of cacao and I'd love if you want to if you could explain that probably more in depth than I currently have the ability to. <laughs> sure I would love to do that because cacao is one of my greatest passions on this planet so I'm actually drinking my cacao right now um, so I'm the founder of cacao with a K K-A-K-A-O And it is different than the raw cacao powder that you see in the health food stores and supermarkets and for a few different reasons. But first, I'll share just a bit of my background um, on how I found cacao. I was really interested in plant medicines and shamanism, and I was doing a lot of research on this in my free time, reading all about the the quote-unquote plant medicines that you find in the jungle in South America and how those can have impact on our consciousness because I had been working with a specific plant medicine called ayahuasca and ayahuasca, she was really helping me in my ceremonies, uh, not only heal, but step into my greater self and step into my full, the full creator that I am and help me serve the businesses that I run. And so Anyway, I, in my fascination with plant medicines, I just kept reading the word cacao and I, it kept jumping off the page. And, and I knew, of course, what cacao and chocolate was, but I never had heard about it in a healing, shamanic way. Yeah. So I just decided to dive in deeper and I discovered that um, the cacao has been used for centuries ceremonially, ceremonially. Um, in by the Mayan civilizations and that was fascinating to me and and anyway I discovered that cacao in its native strain in its original unadulterated source um, is actually able to open our hearts and um, completely able to open our channel and and what I mean by that is to make us really creative and so it's just this amazing connector um ceremonial cacao is it is in its native strain you know meaning it um has not been genetically modified it was not it's not a strain that was created by man uh and these native strains are endangered um and they're endangered because the endangered strain of cacao is um, called Criollo in Guatemala and called Chuncho in Peru. 
And these native strains are incredibly challenging to cultivate because they are not resistant to bacteria. So they are more expensive, which is why, yeah, it's just why we um, in the Western world have cultivated other strains that are much easier to scale for business purposes. So long story short, the, the challenge lies in that the modified strains are actually, they're, they're not potent. Mm. They're not the healing medicine that Mother Earth intended. Mm. Um, and so when I got educated about all of this, I was incredibly inspired to start a not-for-profit, um, which is Cacao with a K. And um, the other thing that we do to protect the ceremonial cacao is that we only use a stone grinder and we use the entire bean. So we never take, when you see cacao powder, you're only seeing a portion of the bean that mm. has been created into a powder. But what we do is we use the entire bean um, to get all of the good stuff, including the butter. And then the other last bit of it is just bringing an incredible amount of intention and blessing to the batches themselves um, because it is technically being used by you, by me, by all of our, you know, all of our customers. They're using it ceremonially. Mm. So we want to protect the integrity of it that way. It's just, that's perfect. That's so beautiful. Like I don't think that could have been a better way and yes it is plant medicine so it has to be the wholeness of it doesn't it too and not the individual like people are often like oh i have like a cow at night every night that i get from like the health food shop and it's just a powder is that the same thing and trying to explain to them that it's not without sounding like you're trying to sell something like <laughs> exactly <laughs> and i think until you experience it for yourself, then you understand the difference because exactly. it does open up portals for you that you never deemed possible. Um, and especially when you sit with intention, like if you're going to create something or you're feeling blocked in some way or whatever, it's a beautiful medicine to partake in. Um, and what you're doing is just incredible. <laughs> yeah. Thank so you. for you, ayahuasca obviously brought you to this journey of, wanting to open up cacao to the world and bring it more and more into the world. Where do you feel cacao will go from there? Like, and plant medicine, considering that it is also something that you don't want to damage what's naturally growing and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, a couple of different things. Number one, we, because we are increasing the demand for mm. the native strain. The farmers themselves are um, happy and, you know, they're actually getting to use the farms that they technically inherited because they are wild farms. Um, and so they get to use those lands to harvest the cacao. So I see that as we continue to increase the demand that the farmers in Peru specifically will choose to harvest native rather than having to grow and cultivate the uh, the modified strain so mm -hmm. that is a really big long-term plan mm -hmm. of course but it's already going that way we're already seeing the positive impact of it which is beautiful so amazing and yeah. And, um, but again, it just takes people that are willing to pay the price of these native strains. And that's why when you buy a cacao, you might be like, what, why is that chocolate so expensive? Well, it, we pay above fair wages to our farmers and yeah. again, there's labor involved. So that's one part of our mission. And then the other 
way that I see this growing into really having impact on the planet is what I feel is that mother earth is calling us to reconnect with her. Mm. And I feel that we have become incredibly out of balance with her Mm. over the last century. And we have created businesses and relationships. um, And we have, our, we've created our lives essentially from an imbalanced place. Mm-hmm. Rather than creating from our heart, we've created from our heads. Mm. Rather than creating in tune with Mother Nature, we've created out of a need for survival and from a mm-hmm. scarcity mm-hmm. mindset, um, mm-hmm. which is really our shadow of um, that stems from our ancestral wounding, right? In mm-hmm. our, our primal fears. So I see that cacao is one way, one tool that we can stay incredibly grounded Mm. and connected to mother nature. Um, And of course, keeping our hearts wide open, which takes healing and it takes Mm. a commitment and it takes a surrender and a letting go and a a completely re-trusting of life itself. So this is how cacao helps. Yeah. And that's how I see her continuing to help. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, yeah. So it's like, I was actually talking to my partner on the weekend about this, about um, how a hundred years ago or whatever you want to talk about it, I guess, industrialization, how we've disconnected ourselves from Gaia, from the planet and let our egos, let our minds take control in this survival mode. But that survival mode is something that we've kind of made up because we don't really live in a world, like not in a first world country where we could die at any moment. Like there's no big catastrophe coming, but we've told ourselves that there is. And it's really interesting. Now it's exactly like you're saying, it's an ancestral thing. It's a rewiring of all of the stories and all of the messages that you've ever received into being, you can be in this heart space. You can live with intention. You can slow down. You can like, you don't need to, live up to all these expectations like yeah and just be um and it's so exciting to see in the world more and more conscious businesses coming out and stepping up and being willing to take on that role and their goal being to be of service not necessarily to tick boxes um Mm -hmm. beautiful (laughs) because it is it's it's what our children need. It's what the world needs. It's um, yeah. And I, we were just talking about like at the end of the day, like Gaia will be fine. The earth will be fine. She'll always be fine. Like she is, she is everything, but it's us looking after ourselves and generations before and the evolution of ourselves. And yeah, it's such, I think the price you pay for it for cacao is more than worth it. So I don't think it's, like yeah (laughs) yeah i think so too i'm right on the same page as you (laughs) it's just crazy because it's we prioritize different things as well with our finances and with our money but when you talk about like prioritizing something that people might see as not being as important or whatever whatever story they've told themselves with that it's interesting to see the struggle within within that goes on that scarcity comes out doesn't it Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yes. It's a, it's a deep part. 
of our wounding. And I know and continue to see light leaders go through this mm. um, where they're really shedding lifetimes of fear and scarcity. And mm. we really are to a time where, you know, it's time to claim our birthright of abundance. And how is certainly a part of that? In my opinion, <laughs> you know? uh, I think it's a key to claim because yeah, it it's something that, so there are other plant medicines like we spoke about earlier, like ayahuasca being probably the most popular one that people know about um, besides cacao, but that's not something that you can necessarily access or do or anything like that on a daily ritualistic basis. So it's something that like cacao is definitely a key. Like it's a huge key into people connecting with those roots. I think it's, yeah. We were talking a little bit about before we jumped on, how do you deal with expectation in your business um, living in the world that we live in now? And like I know personally, I feel uh, I need to post this, I need to do this, I need to like, yeah, and if I'm not doing that, I'm like, how is this ever going to work or grow or expand and that all that lack comes in? How do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's a really good question. <laughs> and I feel like I continue to go through my own rebirths around this because as my – as I come deeper and deeper into an alignment, I consistently have to purge other that like expectations of mm-hmm. my own ego or what I think other people have put on me. And, and now that I'm managing a team, my biggest thing lately has been like, oh my God, letting my team down. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're there, they're supporting this entity, they're supporting me, but yet <clears throat> I was at the beach today um and so this but that was like a hundred percent in alignment for me right um and so it's had me come into this deeper claiming and trusting of my intuition and of my body um and so for me lately it's just an observation just observing where i see the expectations and then i consciously say i release Mm. that expectation Mm. um it's it's really coming into deep resonance in my body. So for me, it's like the first step is, is connecting with your guidance system, which everyone's intuition is different, but my body is very clear in its signals. And then it's like being ruthless in listening to her. Um, when I don't listen to her, I will have an anxiety attack. You know, if I don't listen to her, I will get really overwhelmed and my relationships don't thrive. If I don't listen to my body, my visionary self is not present and I'm not able to really hold the the true vision. So I guess another thing I'll say about this is just really understanding of what your role is and what your role isn't in the world. And so how I stay in alignment is of course, being clear about what my purpose is, but getting even clearer about what is not my purpose. Mm. Oh. <laughs> and just, you know, clearing that out. I love that. <laughs> Especially as a woman, I feel like you, like you feel this role, whether you're a mother or not, but you feel like you have to look after everything, like make sure everything's okay and everyone's happy and everything's going on, like you said before, and you have this story that goes on in your head that, oh, I probably shouldn't go to the beach today because they're at work and you don't honor yourself. And like you said, 
be ruthless with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another thing I'll say about that is I think that the new paradigm of mothering is actually knowing who our real mother is and knowing even who your daughter's real mother is, knowing who your business's real mother is. And so when we actually are able to surrender into being mother by Mother Earth and being held then we're also able to let everyone else in our life be held by their true mother. And I don't have a physical child yet. I, I, it'll happen this year, I feel. But I, my, I feel my number one responsibility will be to, to um, give my daughter the resources and the knowledge and the wisdom to really fall back into her true mother. And for her to see her own mom be mothered as well to see her own mom let herself receive and let herself be held and let herself be caught and to own where i'm not meant to rescue and caretake and self-sacrifice and this isn't this is something that's coming back to the planet now that's huge everything that you just said is so huge um being able to receive like and not feeling like Cause yeah, that's huge, especially from oh, I just feel like I'm just having a moment now. Um, I know yeah. <laughs> it's just you. There's so many stories around mother mothering, especially with femininity. Um, I think like there's so much judgment for women who choose to not have children. Um, number one, but also women that do have children having to act, be, do a certain thing. Um, So many stories that we've created and while you're in it, it's really hard to um, realize that they're stories and that you don't need to make those choices. You can make different ones. And what you just said just then really like to teach my children that they are able to receive from it's not from me. Like I am just, I, like I've just birthed, like I'm just a, like, I guess the thorough, like the, I don't know how to explain it, but like the tunnel yeah. that they come through. And that is a gift that I'm given and a gift that I give to them. And, but then other than that, it's just teaching, isn't it? Mm, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, as a woman, we of course can drop into the mother nurturing role at any time but it takes incredible wisdom to know when it's aligned and when it isn't, Mm. you know, and this is what I have learned from first mothering a business, Mm. you know, for birthing a business is teaching me about parenting. Um, And if, if I'm always looking to nurture and take care of all my team members, of course, that's going to leave me feeling depleted. So Mm. what delayed by my other business, my hummus company does say to me, she says, she, she always reminds me of this contract that she has with me. She was like, if you Mackenzie are guided to not be online on Tuesdays and Thursdays, if that wasn't in alignment for me, delighted by, then why would I have chosen you as a mom? Yeah. And so that's what we need to remember also too, about our, like our physical children. You know, we have a story like, I see people, you know, shame, let's say someone that gets a nanny. Mm. But but if that mother, if that mom was really guided to get a nanny, then why that soul wouldn't have chosen that mother Mm. if that wasn't good for them, for the daughter, you know? So it's just Mm. like, I don't know. It's all these contrasts. Oh, it is. Kind of 
surrender into and just stop judging ourselves, stop judging yeah. everyone and just, yeah. And concentrate on your own. I've, that's been a huge thing coming up is just trying to concentrate on my own growth, my own story, my own things, instead of comparing myself and either wanting that or judging that. Um, Cause that's just coming from a lack, isn't it? And it's coming from my ego and all that kind of stuff. What brought you yeah. into plant medicines to begin with besides ayahuasca? Because number one, like um, I only found about, about that, about ayahuasca about maybe like five or six years ago. Um, but I have never done that plant medicine. I don't have access number one to that in Australia. Um, that it's not very easily accessible in its truth. Um, in it's tr- like in a place where you would want to have access to that, um, and be guided. Yeah. But what brought you into that? Like, what was that like for you? Yeah. Well, I guess I'll share a little bit about my backstory in that um, I grew up in the middle of America, like Mm -hmm. in the Midwest, very traditional conservative religious family, a broken family, but still conservative. And I um, was a very quiet, shy individual that really had a very positive outlook on life no matter what happened to me. Um, So by the time I was 19, I didn't have a relationship with my biological father because we had been split up when I was 10. And I also did not have a relationship with my mother at this point because I had been cut out of the family um, due to me changing my, you know, religious views. Um, And so what, what I did at that time was I really just stayed quote unquote positive. But what I, what I didn't know that I was doing was I was bypassing a lot of my emotions. I just wasn't to a place of maturity to really heal that. So I just stayed focused on my dreams and moving to Australia and, you know, just do doing what I could to create a beautiful life. And so finally, when I was 20, um, I think it was when, when I was 24, I, ha- I really hit rock bottom. Like all of my wounding and all of my heartbreaks um, from both the paternal and maternal side really hit me kind of smack in the face when I had gone through a very rough relationship and um, another experience. That's another story in itself. But long story short, I went into a depression and, um, and I didn't recognize myself. I didn't want to be here anymore. So in, in that time, I was, I remember having one friend remind me, say, Mackenzie, you have to be determined to get yourself back. And I was like, okay. So there was that some of me that latched on to those words. And what I started doing was like saying in my head, I'm determined to get myself back without going on antidepressants, without running my car off the cliff, without taking my life, you know, like I'm going to get myself back. And um, one thing led to the other and I started attracting the right people in my life who shared with me different books and healing realities, mirror therapy, Louise Hay, Spirit Junkie by Gabrielle Bernstein, all of these things that started connecting me to a spirituality that actually felt good to me. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like judgmental or fear-based. Um, I still couldn't use the word God at that time because of my upbringing. God meant fear and God meant punishment, but but it still started connecting me with my higher self, with my inner self. And then I started feeling so much better, like truly finding a part of myself that I'd never discovered before and really healing mm-hmm. um, to the point where I wanted to be alive. 
And within um, a couple of days of, of feeling like I'd arrived to this moment of wanting to be alive again, I had a friend call me and ask me if I wanted to go to, my, go to an ayahuasca ceremony that night. And I had actually never even heard of ayahuasca. It was totally out of the blue. And I, have never, I had never done a hallucinogenic drug. So I did not know what I was getting myself into yeah. at all. <laughs> I just heard yes, and so I said yes, and I went, and so within a couple hours, I was in my first ceremony, a very safe, sacred space led by an incredible shaman with dozens of years of experience, Um, and that started a very intimate three-year journey for me. I I sat with Ayahuasca every month for three years and really dove in deep. And um, yeah, I didn't have a community at this time, like people like yourself and this online online community. I didn't have that, but, but Aya was always there. She was teaching me what a mother really means. She was teaching me about, she was opening my heart again. She was healing my sugar addiction. She was, um, oh, having me tap into my feminine cleaning up a lot of sex energy stuff like mm-hmm. she did so much work and um and then yeah this past year has been a huge integration year of all of that so that was a long way to answer your question no no but that's that's it <laughs> i think so much from like okay so let's touch on a few things that came up i um okay <laughs> I grew up the same, very similar to you, very, very um, intense religious family. My parents were missionaries in the Philippines when I was a child and we were very indoctrinated um, into the church. And I had the same relationship, um, a similar upbringing probably to you, that when I then became my own, I struggled a lot with that, um, with them and separated and all that kind of stuff. And... um, I too felt though that upbringing gave me a connection to spirit. So it gave me the knowledge that there was something other than myself. And so when I got to an age where I could go and look at books and did the same thing and explore, but I find it really interesting when you say the word God, because I struggled for a long time to use that word. I use source, universe, higher self. But as soon as God came in, it was like, it was like a fear thing, especially to do with sex, like um, your sexual energy and all the stories that get created from religion, I guess, um, around the way that your beliefs are. And it wasn't until I actually started changing my language and using the word God, irregardless of how it made me feel that it broke free of that. Um, did you find the same thing with that? Cause even now when I use the word God, you see it, I can see it in some people where they, like that hits a place in them when they're like, Oh, I don't know about that. Like, yeah. 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 I always try to use my discernment when speaking Mm. to people of of what's going to speak to them, but I don't always know. So I'll just say God and then say, and whether that means for you, whether it's your higher self or spirit. But so my, I had attracted a roommate um, randomly, but not randomly. And she was the one that introduced me to mirror therapy and invited me into healing my own body mm. by reparenting myself. Mm. And it, it really, really, really incredible part of my journey. But she would say something along the lines of, I would just pray about that. And then I was like, pray. Ugh. And then she goes, you know, when I say God, I'm just talking about your higher self. So now I'll pull that on people 
Mm. And there was one, there was just a one point, like I was okay with the word God. I just got it. Yeah. I, I, I got what that means for me and was really comfortable with it. But um, mm. yeah, it's I interesting understand why people have that resistance. Definitely. I find it a more powerful word for me personally, instead of using universe or whatever, like when mm-hmm. I pray, I'll pray to God. Um, I sure. pray like I, for me, that's just, but I think for a long, long time, it was something that was seen as a fear thing. Like you said, like God means hell, like God means um, judgment. Um, and yeah. it's such an interesting thing to try and overcome that, just that little thing, let alone all the other things that get compiled on you through your childhood and yeah that's amazing yeah yeah so beautiful um so obviously then you went and did your plant medicines that's a long time how did you find like I've all the stories that I've heard of ayahuasca um and I think it would definitely be the same for cacao to be honest is every every experience is different Oh yeah. Would you struggle to connect sometimes like with that medicine? Cause it is a powerful medicine or would it automatically always happen? Within a ceremony, you mean? Yeah. 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 Every cup of medicine was tremendously different, mm. but, um, it was a very natural connection for me mm. and I'm not sure why, I don't know if it's because of lifetimes of working with her mm. or whatnot, but I, I just felt like it's like you're drinking the divine mothers, mm. you know, all the divine mothers are just surrounding you. Like this is where people ask, well, about the dragon on the cacao canister. Mm. And this is where I got to meet my main guide, Gaia, the dragon. Um, so it, it, this is, I just had such profound experiences and a lot of scary ones, you know, a lot of hard, mm. challenging, torturous ceremonies. Um, it's where I learned surrender. Mm. Oh, she yeah. has pushed me up against my um, ceiling of trust. Mm. And in my last ceremonies, she really pushed me finally. She finally got me to, like, she showed me how much I, that I think I trust her. And that I actually don't. It was a really interesting ceremony. It was a while ago, but she she showed me you still don't even trust me. I'm like, oh my god, you're like, if anyone was to say, what do you trust? It would be you. So it's it's interesting. What's our human programming? Just how mm. scared we are of fully letting go and fully trusting. And then finally, it just kind of ended, and it was like, how much love will you let in, and how much light? are you ready to let in? And this was the end of my ceremonies. And then it was time to meet my mom. And I showed up to my mom's door after three years of preparing for that. And, um, just being my full embodied new self and Mm. owning who I am and not being scared of whether or not that's approved of and just being love, Mm. being that Christ, Christ consciousness, Mm. you know, and, um, and then this last several months, it's been this huge integration for me of, I don't necessarily need ayahuasca to connect mm-hmm. to ayahuasca or to connect to the divine mothers or to connect to God or to connect to myself. I feel like every single moment now is like an opportunity to be in ceremony, mm-hmm. whether it's good or bad, hard or easy. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's basically 
hashtag love wins <laughs> in a bottle. You yeah. know, it's just, it's just experiencing the yeah. frequency of love. And so you get to come back to that and live from that place mm. over and over and over again, every area of your life. So it, it just, it was amazing. I haven't talked about it in a while. So I appreciate you asking me about think, it. Oh, it's incredible. Like that choice, it's a choice, isn't it? I guess in, in a lot of ways, but it's that learning, I guess for me, the stories that I've heard of ayahuasca, it teaches you to find beauty and love in the pain of the medicine. Cause obviously like every time that you take it, it can bring you something different depending on what you're like, what's required, I guess. Um, yes. And it's finding like that beauty and pain in the medicine. And then when you take that medicine away, it's the same in our, in our lives. It's when we go through cycles where we might consider it to be painful or torturous or fearful it's choosing love and to step into that faith in those moments when it's hard. And that's what those medicines, yeah, give you. Totally. Mm. It's like a, yes, exactly. It's a constant invitation to being wide open to life, no matter what it's going to bring you. And and the beautiful thing about the medicine is that there's, you cannot hide from her. You cannot hide from plant medicine. So it will find the areas that are blocked. It'll find the parts of you that are still, sad or still angry and that need to be mourned. And so it's, that's what I would say is so important about these plant medicines, especially cacao too, mm. uh, is, is really sitting with it and feeling into your body, <laughs> feeling into life mm. to walk around free from emotion or free from stuck emotion, I should say, is the biggest gift you could give yourself every single day. Mm. Um, and I, Michael can tell you, I, I cry every single day, whether it's good or bad, I, mainly both, you know, <laughs> mainly both. I, I can cry because I'm feeling into the collective in some way or feeling into my inner child and I could cry. But then the next moment I'll see someone walking with the, you know, in the supermarket, I'll just cry because I'm so moved by their being. So it's just, oh, oh, that's it. The bliss yeah. of presence and of, it's amazing. Oh, and cacao is definitely um, a key and it's only something that I'm just tapping, like I'm very aware that I'm just tapping the surface of, but it's being able to drink something that number one tastes delicious. So it's not like it's hard to take, but it's also like, (laughs) it also, you feel it sink into your body and you can't avoid it. It's in you then. It's like any other medicine or drug or anything else that you ever do, but it creates this thing then in you where your cells just open. Um, And if you allow it, if you allow it to do its work and make that choice and it's just magic. So um, yeah, it's just so grateful for the medicine. And I really encourage people who are listening, if you haven't tried it, all the links to access like the cacao will be in my bio, but definitely get yourself some. You're looking at making it easier in Australia to access it too. Yeah. Yeah. Actually on Wednesday we have a shipment leaving from Peru um, and we have about a thousand kilos arriving into the gold coast. Yes. That's so exciting. I know. I'm so excited. It's been a really long journey and we'll continue to work on improving it. And um, yeah, it's been a surrender process. Of, okay, mm. cacao. 
and it but Australia with- is at the top of my list. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Service, you guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it will come when it's meant to. It's just trusting that too, isn't yeah. it? It's the gateways have all got to open and I guess people have got to open to receive it. If we don't open to receive it, then yeah, the same thing. Yeah. Hmm. How do you practice? So when, when you have your cacao currently, like obviously you're actually having a cup right now, but do you just have it whenever you feel called to have it? Do you like to set intention daily to have cacao when you're journaling or like, how do you go and practice your own practice? My practice is every morning and it is a hundred percent. I would say it used to be more flowy in that I would just tap into my guidance uh, because there was a part of my business that was in a, just a more demanding time. So I would sometimes sit, set my intention and then get into communications right away. Mm-hmm. But my life now and my body is now has it just been really clear and requesting me to um, sit every single day by myself, no technology. Um, and that was my primary practice anyway before, but now it's just like a has, it's an everyday thing. Um, no ifs, uts, buts, or ands. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. I sit down, I write out my intentions, um, I sip on my cacao, and I actively say yes to the spirit of cacao to open my heart, and I just start breathing. I just bring awareness to my breath and will do a meditation to really scan my body, to check in with my inner child, see how she's doing, to call on all my spirit guides. Lately, I know that I can't, I'm not doing this alone, so I definitely like to acknowledge that they're there and acknowledge that I have an invisible spirit squad that's ready to help me serve that day. Um, so that time with my cacao is a very important time with them, calling them in and lifting my wings up. Um, so it's a very like, it's like an active meditation in a way. Um, and to help you get ready for the day. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's like, yeah, it's an interesting times. I can even feel into parts of my body sometimes when I'm sitting with the cacao, like parts of my body that have resistance to standing up and coming into my service. Um, and I don't mean resistance, like true guided sit down and rest guidance, but like just straight up resistance to standing up and serving, yeah. you know, you know those yeah. moments, yeah. Um, <laughs> the human heaviness, you know, yes. the density of being yeah. on this planet. Mm. So that's where, again, I just get to the time with my cacao is so important. And I always draw like lately I've been drawing a card and I've been liking to write my intentions because it mm. just brings even more awareness there and um Mm. yeah and then in the afternoons it's just as guided I don't drink cacao twice a day every day but times like these like when I was gonna hop on with you I drank like a half a dose of cacao set my intention just to let her help me create what's meant to come through today Mm -hmm. oh beautiful I love um it's so interesting because it is a practice. People have like an expectation of what their practices should look like with or without cacao. And I think when you actually have to make a cup and sit with it, it just creates something that's a little bit different than just going to meditate or going to journal or pray or whatever it looks like for you. Um, Cause especially as you're sipping something, you can't just drink it and be like, okay, that was five minutes. I've done that for the day. Take that box off. I go, you have to, like yeah acknowledge it and it's there's so much power and like beauty in doing that 
Yeah. It is and so good. Honoring yourself in those moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so beautiful. I heard um, Tara Bliss the other day say, you know, she never opens an app before she has that time with herself. And it's so true. You, ha- you have to have that integrity with yourself. And of course, mm-hmm. let things slide when you're guided. But I just, mm-hmm. I love that cacao is like our number one. Michael is super strict about it too. And mm-hmm. um, I heard from my guides the other day that cacao, it, it opens your body into a receptivity um, that allows you to channel higher frequencies, mm. whether it's for you and your family or you and your creations, uh, it, whatever it is. And mm. I so agree with that. It's, mm. it's such an assister for the body. Mm, definitely. I talking like of cacao and of integrity and of honoring, there's a lot of talk around at the moment in this community, I guess, and around the world about words like self care and self love and, I have a lot of women that come to me, I guess you probably do too, that um, really are starting on a journey of wanting to look after themselves and um, experience love for themselves. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about today about how that's amazing, like that's go you, like <laughs> go wanting to do that. But I think it's also understanding that to experience, to be at that level where you are tapping into your guides, where you are walking your talk, where you are living in alignment requires work and it requires, uh, I don't want to say the word discipline. I don't really like that, like what that word means to people, but kind of like a continuing love journey with yourself that can sometimes be hard or whatever have you felt like that with you with your self-love practice with your yeah good Good (laughs) question my the journey into like self-love has been going for a long time for me I don't know if it will ever stop and I think it does (laughs) yeah because it's it's just always evolving and Mm. it's like you think you're done with it but then you aren't so when I started the mirror therapy that was, I would say, my first, first thing of, you know, first journey into self-love, other than the fact that I had been, you know, a nutritionist and really into holistic health and all mm. of that with physical self-love and self-care, which is a key part. But I just mean yeah. genuinely looking in the mirror and like looking yourself in the eyes and loving what you see and like loving mm. who you are. Mm. That's been a journey. So it started with the mirror therapy and then Um, I remember even like, I think it was after my fourth ayahuasca ceremony, I saw this documentary called May I Be Frank. And there were these three boys at the, at Cafe Gratitude in San Francisco who filmed working with this, um, overweight man named Frank who was addicted to prescription drugs. And they worked with him for 40 days and filmed it at all. And what I noticed about those three boys who like were at least, I mean, 19 at the most, they had so much self-love that they were able to show up in so much service. And I Mm. saw it and I was like, Mm. I am going this year, I'm going on the journey to love myself like that. Um, So then, you know, my ceremonies continued to reflect that. And I started stepping deeper into my service with my business delighted by, and it was all unfolding perfectly, learning to trust myself, learning to trust my guidance, learning to not care what people think. Mm. But then, um, 
then I went going through my feminine initiation and letting myself slow down and letting myself be in ceremony outside of ayahuasca, you know, like these were really confronting times of Mm -hmm. self-love. And then, um, then I started working with my inner child (laughs) and realizing how sad she was still about her father and how, you know, devastated she and wounded she still was. I was like, wow, this self-love thing just keeps going. Um, And then I thought I was really solid. And then I came into union with Michael and my union with Michael has been and still is till this day, the greatest journey and school of self-love because I'm just constantly getting reflected, not only by how much he loves and respects himself, but also about how, by how much he loves and respects me. And so it's constantly mirroring to me and pulling out these little parts of me that I still haven't loved and accepted. And I mean, it is like every single day, Mm. every single day I am identifying something I haven't fallen deeply Mm. in love with about myself. Mm. Um, In that, like in that relationship with Michael and in your just relationships in general, I had a girlfriend talk to me. She'd read something in a book and she was saying this person had written that everything that happens at every trigger that I receive is about me. Like, right. And I, and she said, but I don't know about that. I don't agree with that. And I thought, and I, so we had sat down and I was like, I think it, it, like it is like, do you believe that? Like that. So if Michael's reflecting something back on you, that makes you feel a little bit or whoever makes you feel a little bit like, oh, that, that is something that's in yourself that you need to like, do you believe in that mirroring of, yeah. Yeah. I definitely do believe in the mirroring and I definitely believe that, um, if we're projecting something on someone, like something that we don't like about them, you know, that it typically does have mm. to be, a, it is about us, you know? Mm. Now, with that said, we're incredibly intuitive humans. Mm. And especially if you're in a partnership, sometimes you can connect in with their soul and their human self hasn't caught up yet. So there will sometimes be things that you can like intuitively pick up on that their human self is not in alignment with their soul and your human self is really wanting them to get on that page. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes very rarely. Yeah. Yes. Right. Very yeah. rarely, you know, but I would say always a hundred percent of the time, even if it is an intuitive pickup, the fact that you're seeing it, it's still for you. Mm. Mm. You know, it, it's still for you. I mean, for me, it's like always an opportunity to learn and I'm still learning this to communicate better, to communicate with more grace, to communicate mm. with more like deeper sovereignty, quote unquote. I don't know if we want to throw that word around, but um, yeah. So I do, yeah. I do think that everything that's playing out, whether it's tr- accurate about that person or a projection that you're putting onto them, it's all can be used by your soul for your benefit to grow mm-hmm. and expand and come into deeper grace for yourself mm-hmm. and for them. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. It's like that, the word projection, like we're oft, often meeting people casually or want people that we're in deeper relationships with where we're, we're unconsciously saying, this is who you are without them necessarily being that at all. And you're not listening and paying attention to what you're meant to be receiving. And so, yeah, I think that's where it can be. And within 
regards to self-love, there's that word boundaries that gets put up a lot. And boundaries is a hundred, like I love boundaries, but it's hard to explain to, well, it's difficult to say to someone, I've used the word hard a lot. It's difficult to explain to someone. <laughs> um, when you're loving yourself, you need to have boundaries, but then you also need to have boundaries in regards to not projecting something else onto someone else. So because you don't want to do something, you really need to sit with why you don't want to do it or because you don't like that person or because like, yeah, how do you find you align yourself correctly when it comes to situations like that? Mm. It's really getting easy for me, easier for Mm. me with my friends and my team members and my business relationships, but I'm still coming up against it in my relationship. Yeah. Um, so with my, with, in the areas that it's easy for me now, um, is that like, I'll notice something and then I just sit with it. I need to process everything. So I just like sit with it and ask like, I'll ask my inner child, sweetheart, what are you feeling? How are you feeling? And then I'll ask my God self, okay, what, like, how do you want to lean into this? What, is, what are you being shown, Mackenzie? What is delighted by trying to reveal to you? How are you wanting to grow? What is your soul wanting you to expand into? It's like these really good questions that don't necessarily have to do with the other person. Mm. Um, and then the, the second thing that I do there is I reveal what's in my space when guided. So a lot of times I am guided to do this because if you have something in your space with another human, it doesn't leave for an intimate relationship. Mm. So I'll get on a Zoom and I'll say, I'm super scared to share this with you. But lately I've been feeling blank. I don't know if it's true. I don't know why I'm feeling this, but I'm, you know, I'm nervous to say it, you know, what's going on with you. And then it's just like, boom, the tension lifts and we're able to connect. Mm. Right. And, Does it always go perfect? No, it doesn't. But, you know, as long as I've sat with myself and gotten really clear that I need to bring it out of the space, it typically goes so well. And then with Michael, the same thing. It's it's really the same thing. But what happens with Michael is that my emotional body feels so safe with him Mm -hmm. that I'll feel something and then just say it. But but what I'm really looking to work on is like feel something sit. Yeah. Okay, and then sit Michael down the same way I would call the Zoom meeting with my employee. Call it with him. Mm. You know, call that meet that family meeting with him. Mm. Hey, baby, like I I just sat with something all day, but because we don't want anything in our space at any time, and we're around each other yeah. all day, it's just like get it out, get it out. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I haven't mastered this, but I love talking about it with you because we uh. we're. You're helping me process that and create it. <laughs> it's so right though. And I think it happens whether you're male or female, whatever, like you feel something and you just blah, especially when it is your intimate partner, you will just <laughs> express it. And then they'll, I find too, that then they'll reflect back or whatever is going to happen back. And then I'll either get defensive or oh, like yeah. it's not, it's not because I didn't get a ch- chance to sit with my truth before yeah. I express <laughs> And it causes it to go down paths that it never needed to go down. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
For sure. <laughs> yeah, like you go around in big circles and eventually at the end, two hours later, you've gotten to this place where you're like, oh, that was it. But yeah, I probably should totally. have processed that myself first <laughs> and then brought it to you. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah. It's but so humbling. It's so humbling because you... I do. I do the same thing. We don't work together, but I'll contact him and just be like, we need to talk about this now. Like I need. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. And he's just like, I'm at work, baby. Like, yeah, yeah, I can't do this right now. And I'm like, no, but I need to. Yeah. It's interesting. It is. It's so funny. Well, I will say like one more thing about um, just like with other people, you were talking about your friend and how like, asking is it mere are mirrors mm. true and whatnot and I think it's really like I, I don't know I just want to say this I love having integrity having enough integrity to not talk bad about people behind their back mm. you know it's it's one thing to be like you know that that person's just not in alignment for my life moving on like with love yeah. but it's another thing to like constantly be like you know, shit talking, projecting, even if I have something with someone, the, it is my responsibility Mm. to clear it up with them and to say, Hey, this is what's coming up for me lately. Yeah. That this is my experience. It's not your problem. Mm. Not your problem. You are not, you haven't done anything wrong, but it's my experience. And that's just Mm. emotional maturity, Mm. you know, and it it comes through trial and error, I would say. Mm. So that's one thing. It's that word integrity too. I think we are requiring people to respect us and show integrity towards us, but we aren't always willing to do the same. And it's not until that you're willing to step up and own your own processes, like your own thought processes or whatever your perception is of that person. Tell them like, when this happens, when you, when this happens, like I feel this way and it's got nothing to do with you. I just need you to know that that's where I'm at. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Then we open up whole doorways in our relationships. And if someone doesn't take that correctly, that's okay as well. Exactly. I've had that happen, you Mm. know, and I, I've had it happen where I was emotionally mature and then times where I wasn't. And I'm just like, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I need. And some people can't handle it. Mm. That's, Mm. and that's just your, the soul contract playing out. And And it's, that's fine. Like you don't have to handle it if that's what you're, like if it's, that's okay as well. Um, yes. There's no better than or worse than or whatever yeah. that's with mm-hmm. that too. And I think that's as long as you're coming to them from a place of love, then mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. I've loved having you on today. Um, all the details to get in touch with Mackenzie, even just to follow you on Instagram, um, following you and Michael, following Cacao, following you individually, like everything you're just inspiring and it's so beautiful to see the love and vulnerability that is shared um from you both and the um integrity like there's no there's no like I just feel like there's no veil when I met you it was exactly what I saw like it was nothing else and so it was so beautiful thank you so much that means a lot thank you so much for having me and yeah just sending you so much love yeah all the success in the world for you and everyone that's listening you too much love you too bye connecting with Mackenzie just 
brought my awareness up for cacao, for plant medicine, for having these things that Gaia, that earth has given us to help us with our lives, to help us open up, to help us get creative if we feel blocked, to help our hearts, to help our everything, just our beings. And these plant medicines are here for that, they're gifts. Um, so it's important we honor those gifts and it's also important we partake of them in correct manners, um, respectfully, but also just take them and enjoy them um, and share them. So Mackenzie, that was just part one of my podcast with Mackenzie. She will be on again in the next couple of weeks. But she's also encouraged me so much with my cacao ceremony. So my next cacao ceremony on the Sunshine Coast is actually on the 20th of March this year. That is coming up soon. So less than a month away now. If you'd like to buy tickets for it, the links for it are all in my bio. It will be held at Moffat Beach. Tickets are limited. I've already sold some. So if you're interested, I really encourage you to come along and do that and connect with the medicine of cacao. Connect with your creativity on a full moon night, an even more potent night. The next full moon, the one on the 20th, is actually the last super moon of the year. So let's come, let's gather, let's connect with plant medicine, let's connect with intention and with our hearts and let's see what life we can create for ourselves through living with intention, through living with joy and choosing love, even though sometimes it's hard, but with practice it becomes easier. We have the ability to remember and to create the lives that we wish to lead and wish to have by making these different choices for yourself. And there are so many excuses that we create where we don't have time for ritual, where we don't have time for space. But they're stories, they're things that we've picked up from the world. Create time, don't be so busy, do different things. Make room for you, for love and for joy in your life. Every week, every day, every minute. Whatever that looks like for you, it's all different. But it's so encouraging to see someone like Mackenzie shining that light and carrying that torch. And I'm so excited for the evolution of this world. Much light and lunar love to you all.